Welcome to the South Carolina State Library's podcast, Library Voices SC. I'm Curtis Rogers, Communications Director, and today I'm pleased to have with us back in our virtual podcast studio, two of our State Library staff members, Sarah Pettis, our Cataloging and Metadata Librarian, and Carrie J. Shun, our Digital Projects Coordinator. And they are here today to share some interesting items from our collection. So welcome back to the podcast. Hello. Thanks. Hi. Good to have you back and to see you. <laughs> Still weird, we're working from home. But um, anyway, um, you both are going to talk to us about some children's books that you found in our collection. So um, Sarah, you have a couple of great resources. It's How High the Moon by Karen Parsons and also Sisters Against Slavery, a story about Sarah and Angelina Grimke. And uh, Carrie's also found a couple of books. One is The Lizard Man of Crabtree County, and another is Beauty, Her Basket. So Sarah, why don't we start with you? Yeah, um, I have two chapter books. And so I think the, these both are more geared towards upper elementary kids or reading to a younger child. And so this first one, How High the Moon by Karen Parsons, I got hooked into this book like it's it's kind of thicker um obviously it's a lot of there's a lot of spacing and stuff and then I finally kind of skipped to the back to check out the author kind of halfway through and I realized that Karen Parsons played Hillary Banks on the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air this is her debut novel and I was like whoa that's came out of nowhere <laughs> but um but it's written so well i honestly would um recommend to everyone because it's just so good um but i so i just ended up reading the whole thing i was trying to speed read it just to get through it so i could get the gist for the podcast and then i got hooked so good so uh, the book is all about a little girl, Ella, um, a light-skinned girl in a small town outside of Charleston in the early 1940s. Uh, her mother lives in Boston and works at a naval yard during the day and sings at clubs by night. Um, Ella eagerly gets to travel to Boston to spend time with her mother, Lucy, and Lucy's roommate, Helen. Um, and she gets to experience this part of the country where white people are polite and even kind to black people at times because it's a bigger city. They're in the north, all that kind of stuff. And which is, you get to experience this through Ella's perspective. So the whole story is written, there are chapters through her perspective and then through the perspective of her cousin Henry and her other cousin Myrna. Um, so there are a few chapters from their perspective as well. And then uh, she gets to spend, you know, several, several weeks, maybe months with her mom, um, thinking that she's going to get to stay there forever. But then suddenly her mother gets a chance to go to New York for her singing career and she sends Ella back down south. And at the beginning, you there's a, a decent amount of time uh, spent with her in the South. And then when she goes back, they, the whole community of this small town uh, finds out that these two white girls have been murdered. And it's the real story of George Stinney or Steiny Jr. who was falsely accused of murdering these two white girls. Um, and he was convicted and put to death. But the rest of the story around it is all fictional. Um, and so it talks about how all of 
and they, the kids were friends with this boy and they're like, there's obviously no way he did this, but he's black. So they're just going to convict him. And so it talks, that whole part is really fascinating and made me cry. <laughs> I teared up um, just because it was, uh, that part was real. Um, and all of their emotions, try, of these you know kids trying to deal with this subject is so real and really sad. Uh, and so the whole thing was just really interesting. And uh, I would highly recommend to everyone. And uh, it's, it's also just written really well. Like she's an actress and a lot of times actors know how to also just tell a good story because that's part of what they do with their, with their occupation. And so uh, it will really help. I think I'm not a parent. However, I think it will help parents engage with their children on the topics of racism and inequality and all that kind of stuff as well. Um, so, and then uh, the last thing I wanted to mention was that Karen Parsons also has this organization called Sweet Blackberry and they make animated films about unsung black heroes. And so you can go check that out at sweetblackberry.org, um, which I thought was cool. And there are just tons of other authors um, on the back that are praising this book. So once again, I highly recommend. It was very good and very well done. Um, and I think in terms of writing it from a kid's perspective, I feel like you're just kind of looking up at the adults the whole time and having all of this stuff happen around you that you don't, you know, you as the, the child don't understand, but you're still perceiving it all. So um, that was How High the Moon. Uh, and then the other book I want to talk about um, is a nonfiction book about the Grimke sisters, which we at the library have a lot of other books about them and their lives, but it's just a, tell, a, a telling of their story um, in you know, kid-friendly language. They're both from Charleston, South Carolina, so they grew up there, um, but then they moved to the North as adults and became active in the Quaker religion, so you learn a little bit about that. But then they also became involved and more so involved with anti the anti-slavery movement. Um, and this was back in the early mid 1800s, I should also say. And they eventually kind of just focused all of their efforts on abolitionist work. Um, and Angelina became very famous when a letter of hers was published by an anti-slavery newspaper, The Liberator, run by William Lord Lloyd Garrison. And then both the sisters started just speaking all over the place to all kinds of groups um, against slavery. And they kind of had this whole movement following them. And then eventually Angelina was able to address the Massachusetts state legislator on February 21st, 1838, which was a big deal because she was also a woman. So she's not only talking about anti being anti being against slavery, she's also a woman speaking, which mm -hmm. How dare she? <laughs> um, the audacity. <laughs> the audacity of her, yes, which it's fantastic audacity in this situation. And so, uh, and both women also, because of that, start talking about women's rights and equality in education, because a lot of other women were talking to them. They're like, you should not do this. And they're like, mm, yes, we should. Uh, and then later they became the vice presidents of the Massachusetts Women's Suffrage Association. Um, so they did uh, just a lot, especially for women in the early 1800s, uh, and so I thought that was really cool. And I've seen their books in our collection so many times, I just didn't really, hadn't really read up on them. And so that one was really interesting. Um, and yeah, it 
it covered, there's a, you know, more details that I left out just for <laughs> anyone that wants to read about it. There are no other spoilers. Stuff, other things that you find out about them. So I, I thought that was actually really interesting too, because I had seen their name a lot, but I actually hadn't read anything about them. So that is interesting. And I've heard, you know, I've, I've, in my many years in South Carolina, I've always heard about the Grimke sisters, but never really kind of read up about them or did any research. And um, one of the things, and we'll have additional resources and links on our podcast page, but I did come across the National Park Service um, in, uh, there's a, a National Historical Park in New York actually has a exhibit on women's rights and they highlight the Grimke sisters, which is really cool. So we'll definitely put a link to that on our podcast page. So very interesting. And, and also how high the moon sounds really, I mean, the way you described it, it, it sounds very advanced for, you know, a chapter book because it's dealing with a lot of, a lot of intense issues, but, you know, definitely something that I'm sure a lot of students would like to read about. Mm -hmm. Especially just the reality for what it was like for these kids, because they get picked on in different ways, uh, especially because she is um, light skinned. So she kind of also finds out a little bit more about her parentage and is like determined to mm -hmm. find out more things because no one will tell her anything because she's a child, she's 11. And so she's starting to understand the world a little bit more. Um, but also like they, when they go in the store, they have to be very polite to the white people and, um, you know, let them go in first and all these kinds of things. And, you know, that's not really a thing now. So I think it's important for kids to kind of learn what it was like back then, especially white kids to be like, oh, that's, we don't do that now because it's not okay. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So. Interesting. Cool. Well, thank you, Sarah. And um, Carrie, you've got a couple of books you're going to tell us about. Yeah, we're gonna take a little turn um, because the lizard man of Crabtree County is a little wacky. <laughs> it's, uh, it's fiction, it's not nonfiction, unfortunately. Because as you know, I love cryptids and I love folk tales and things. And the lizard man is always a good one. But this is a story uh, by Lucy Nolan uh, about a boy named James Arthur and his beagle named Moondog. I thought that was cute, Moondog. And they're just so bored in Crabtree County. They, there's nothing to do. It's, uh, it's rural, you know, like it's hot summer, like there's nothing to do. So one day James Arthur disguises himself as a shrub with branches and leaves and he just kind of camps out to see what would happen. Maybe a bird will land on him or he'll, he can get really close to rabbits and things like that. Uh, but nothing really goes on because it's Crabtree County. So he runs through the neighborhoods to go down to the pond and wash all the leaves and mud off himself. And when he finally gets home, his mom tells him that he got the most interesting phone call from the neighbors saying that they spotted the lizard man with green scales down by the pond. And James Arthur is thrilled. He's like, finally, something is happening. And he basically spends his time trying to find the lizard man. So he goes down, he's like, oh, I was just at the pond. So I'm gonna go back down to the pond with my like flippers and scuba gear and maybe find him in the pond. But he got in trouble because don't go swimming in the pond alone. And so he kind of waddles his way home in his flippers. But then someone in town finds these giant foot tracks 
and uh they're just huge like flipper leg foot tracks and uh they call the fire department they start scouring the pond and there's no sign of the lizard man and it just it just continues on where every time uh something like arthur goes to investigate something he leaves a little bit of something behind and people think it's the lizard man it's just a great story <laughs> it's really cute and like i have to say i love the art in the story um it's just so tactile it's you could see the brush strokes of the paint and you can see where watercolor blends into the paper and i just i love that type of story it's like very hungry caterpillar vibe you know i love those stories growing up and so, like, this story is so cute. That's all I can really say. It's just really, it's really fun. Well, you know, I thought for a minute there you were going to make some reference to the Lizard Man of Lee County, South Carolina. Do you know about that? Oh, I know him very well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it was like back in the 80s when someone, mm -hmm. you know, first spotted the Lizard Man and it was somewhere in Lee County uh, mm -hmm. where, where Bishopville is. So I'm, I'm wondering if this when was this book written? Because I wonder if it was like a spinoff on our South Carolina lizard man. This was written in 1999. Oh, okay. So yeah, the lizard man in Lee County, um, that story comes from someone reporting that a lizard man attacked their car. Oh. and like left scratches all over their car and dents all over their car and <laughs> they were so the legend goes that like the lizard man does not like cars so if you find a car all beat up and scratched up it was the lizard man probably uh, for all those years of people running over snakes and lizards <laughs> <laughs> oh but the author of the lizard man of crouchy county lucy nolan she's from columbia she was born and raised in Columbia, and she got a degree in journalism from the University of South Carolina in Columbia, and she still lives in Columbia, and uh, she still works as a children's author and journalist. So my next story is Beauty, Her Basket by Sandra Belton, illustrated by Cosvier Cabrera. So this story is about a girl who visits her grandmother, Nana, on the sea islands in the Gullah community with her cousins and her uncles, and just there for the summer. And this little girl who's our narrator, I think she, she's unnamed. I tried to find if she had a name, but she just, it's from her perspective and nobody really calls her by her name. But our, our narrator spends time learning about the significance of seagrass baskets in their culture and especially her grandmother's basket, which is nicknamed Beauty Her Basket. The girl even spends time learning to weave the seagrass baskets with her family and her neighbors. They're all gathered on the porch and they all spend time teaching each other. Um, but Nana explains their ancestry in the Gullah culture and they discuss enslavement in their family, but also the, they talk about kind of the hope that they believe in, that the baskets provide, because they would put seeds in the baskets, the seagrass baskets of rice, and the wind would carry the seeds and plant the seeds and it would grow the rice, but also grow their community and provide for them. And it's a very beautiful book, um, both in the storytelling and the art. Again, I, just, I love children's illustration art. It's just so good. Cosby Cabrera's designs are just like stunning. There's like full page spread. There won't even be text. You'll turn the page and it's just like sunset by the, the sea islands. And it's, just, it's so beautiful. But the full page spreads, it's like a nice pause for reflection from like what Nana just spoke about. She like, it kind of gives you time to look at the environment 
look at what they're doing and then gives you a chance to talk about it with your children. Um, it's a type of storytelling that even if you can't really relate to the culture, you still kind of understand it deeply, like em empathetically. You know, I really connected to this story because I was raised by my grandmother and like we're really, ancestry is really important to us too. And so like, I totally got it. Like, I don't necessarily relate to the Gullah culture. I'm not Gullah, but uh, the point that they made, made sense to me. And uh, I would highly recommend this story. It's very beautiful. I'm very interested in the author of the story, uh, Sandra Belton. Uh, we, her website is so fun, but uh, there's a quote that says, to know my heart, read my books. And I find that very beautiful. She's so poetic. I just like her. She was born in West Virginia and now lives in Chicago, but she got a bachelor's degree at Howard University in English, sociology, and German. Wow. And then she went on to get her master's degree at George Washington University in elementary education. But in between that, she also attended the Boston Conservatory of Music in 1962. So she's just so well-rounded. I'm so jealous. <laughs> <laughs> like language and sociology and education and music. Like ugh, That is want, amazing. I want to be her. <laughs> you know but she's she's also not only a children's author but she's a teacher she's like won all these awards and i just i look up to her sandra belton very cool and that's sandrabelton.com i think um is what you had sent me so um just to reiterate i want to mention these books again um sarah brought us two books how high the moon by karen parsons and also sisters against slavery a story about sarah and angelina grimke and that's by Stephanie McPherson. And Carrie brought us a couple of books. Uh, first one was The Lizard Man of Crabtree County by Lucy Nolan. And the next one was Beauty, Her Basket by Sandra Belton. So we'll have a lot of uh, links to additional resources uh, that folks can find on our podcast page. And I've really learned a lot. So very cool. Thank you so much for being with us today. Yeah, thanks for having us. Enjoyed that. And thank you to our listeners. You can find Library Voices SC on Podbean, Stitcher, and TuneIn Radio, or add us on your favorite podcast app. Our podcast website address is libraryvoices.podbean.com. We also love hearing from our listeners. So please send us your comments and suggestions for future topics. Library Voices SC is the official podcast of the South Carolina State Library. So until next time, this is Curtis Rogers. Thanks for listening. Mm -hmm.